What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is C-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wiltfong. And you know, it's day two of NFL free agency. The Chicago Bears have things popping for a change. And since I did his show last night, I had to get Robert Schmitz to be on my show today. So, Robert Schmitz, how are you doing today, my friend? Well, Lester, let's be honest. How many people are ready to do a podcast at 11.09 p.m. Central Standard Time? I love citing the time on these things because I think it's hilarious where it's like, okay, okay, how how late do we call it? And you know what, Lester? Had we done this show two hours ago, it would be a very different show, wouldn't it? So there's a reason we wait so long. The latest Bears news for for people that haven't caught it is the Bears have signed former Green Bay Packer interior offensive lineman Lucas Patrick. So if you listened to Robert's Bear With Me last night, you may have heard us talking about Patrick as a obvious scheme fit, 28 years old, I believe. Uh, He started several games the last two years for the Packers at both center and guard. This is a guy that knows Luke Getze's system. He's got a little bit of nasty to his game too. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Lester... I'll be the first to say it. As the guy last night who was saying, I'm worried, this is the kind of signing that, no, it is not Lucas Patrick just saved the Bears' offensive line, right? No. They still need probably half a tackle, depending on what you think of Borum, and a guard at the or, or a center, depending on what you think of him. But at the same time, Lester, just last night, we were bemoaning the lack of center options, and all of a sudden, now they've got a flex guard center, and J.C. Treader, who's a great scheme fit, got cut He's from the Browns. There. Yeah. there is a lot of free agency left. Like, we, we are ultimately, I think, just my message, as the guy who was worried last night that I can't help but start with, Lester, is... We can't judge the whole free agency product until it all plays out. There's a lot of cuts. There's a lot of signings yet to be made. And what I love about this, Lester, the worst part about Ryan Pace over the last a bunch of years is that he wouldn't hand out little deals just like this. I mean, we're talking yeah. about an $8 million deal over two years, so $4 million per year. And you know First that- year guaranteed, that's it. Sure. First year guaranteed, so but that's four year guaranteed second year if it doesn't work out. Yeah, Lester, out. you know what that yeah. means? If yeah. they end up getting a great price for a guy like Treader that can really play, you don't have to play Lucas Patrick. You are not bound to Lucas Patrick, and he could be a much better sixth offensive lineman in that setting than, say, Alex Bars or Rashad Coward or Lechavius Simmons or, I mean, you, we've talked about this, where the Bears will start a season, would have, with pace, with five solid offensive linemen, one way or another. And if one of them got hurt, oh, it, it got bad fast. And in this case, I love a versatile signing like Patrick because it shores up a hole. Does it make the Bears' offensive line amazing? Like we said, not really, but it shores up a, an obvious hole. And if you told me, Lester, that they came out of this free agency de- er, setup with, I'm going to pick some big names here, like Armstead at tackle or Lyle Collins at tackle, and all they could get at guard center was Lucas Patrick, and then they go to the draft needing a guard or a center, depending on how they feel, that's a much more amenable situation than one tackle and some center guard that they found just about anywhere. The scheme fit to me and the fact that he knows the coach is really, really helpful. It was just a no-brainer. And the thing with Patrick, like you said, the, the versatility, he plays center, he plays guard. 
Cody White here, who's still currently a Bear, plays center, plays guard. But let's really quick talk about the one guy that was a Bear that played center and guard, and that's James Daniels, who <laughs> signed. He signed away. I mean, he 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 was our big talk last night on the show oh, because yeah. we thought he was coming back. But but look, I like James Daniels. I think James Daniels has the potential to be a better player than Lucas Patrick in the long run. But but one thing Patrick brings is he does play the game fi- more physical. He yep. plays the game more nasty. Uh, Aaron Nagler, who is a notorious uh, Packer fan on Twitter, he runs Cheesehead TV. He had a quote, something about how he is a, a play-to-the-whistle kind of guy. He gets after it. And that's the kind of guy Ryan Poles talked about when he looked at his this the Bears' offensive line when he was first hired. And he said that he wants a bunch of guys that are going to get after it and will protect the quarterback. And at the time, it really was only Jenkins because he had the game in the in the Vikings. So here's another guy that will play. He's he's ornery. That's a word I like. He's ornery right. when he plays, and that's I think a good fit for the Bears. Whether it's guard or or center, you have options. Right. And look, Lester, there's a bad habit on every single NFL team where as soon as somebody leaves the team, now we're gonna make sure we cite all their negatives. Right. No. I don't want to do that. I mean, James I like did, Daniels. I Daniels like Daniels at nine million dollars a year is a great deal. Yes, Kid's twenty five. Like he fits his own scheme perfectly. It's not like he's gonna be the piece de resistance on the Steelers. I don't know you spoke French. That it's, was beautiful. It's all I got. It, it's okay, okay. it's the it's a good signing for the Steelers. It's one that if the Bears had signed, I would have called it a really good deal. I mean, yeah. I was hoping that he got anything that wasn't in eight digits or less you know, than 10. Yeah, yeah exactly. 10. exactly. And, and he did. But the bright side, I mean, I wouldn't call it a bright side. What we really see here is that Poles hated the genetic makeup of the Bears offensive line, if you will. Like, yep. I think that he hated that offensive line all the way down to the attitude. And if anything, I think two things. Number one, I think that that may spell the end of Larry Borum as a starter because I see Borum as a very similar uh, get your job done and don't be any more physical than you have to be kind of offensive lineman. Plenty of years left in his career. He could completely morph as he gets his feet under him a little more. But that's what I saw of him as a rookie. It also wouldn't surprise me, Lester, given the obvious smoke. Can we call it obvious smoke uh, around Taron Armstead here that yeah. the Bears may be looking to move Tevin Jenkins to guard. I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit, but I could see Poles wanting to find his bullies on every single piece or every single like position that he can get. And given Tevin Jenkins is notoriously short arms, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I I'm, wish I was kidding, right? Well, but I mean, it's, it's we hear the short arm thing a lot, and it, it does matter. It does matter for tackles, but but what I tell everyone that talks to the short arms is 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 take your 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 index finger and your thumb, and hold them about an inch apart. That's the difference between Tevin Jenkins having tackle arms yep. and having guard arms. Agreed. It's, it's weird. A lot of it is hand placement and and physicality. I think Jenkins can do both, but like you said, he does project the guard as well. That looks like it's a case, and you know there's been some buzz on Twitter about the Saints, and and if they get a quarterback, you know they may blow the things up, and if that happens, then the Bears are in play for a, a new left tackle. So sure, it, it's definitely interesting what's going on now in free agency because technically free agency hasn't started yet. 
Oh yeah. If if anything, Lester, I think I need to make this really clear. I'm just sitting here connecting dots between poles, very obviously wanting to make the line his line. His line. And yeah. and to me, that means Jenkins is changing positions. Whether he's going back to right tackle or he'll go to right guard, a move makes sense because it's taking sure a pace player, but putting him in a poles position, which is not <laughs> the last time we're gonna hear that. Yeah. You know, but real quick about Larry Borum. First off, Bears fans love Larry Borum. Oh yeah, he is. He is a a, a, a day three pick kind of guy. You know, he he came out of nowhere. He he looked really good as a rookie. And I'll tell you what, I didn't watch a lot of his college tape. I'm not EJ Snyder or Jacob Infante. I don't I don't tape grind college guys like that. But the player I saw in college was different than the guy I saw in, in the NFL was a rookie. He cut a bunch of weight. He was a bit more of a mauler at Missouri. So so that may be in him somewhere. So we'll have to see how he reacts. And I think, you know, you get a guy like Jenkins is who's, who's going in, in, into his, his, his second year as a pro. Uh, Lucas Patrick now comes over who has that, that attitude. So maybe you get a few a few more badasses in that room. Yep. Maybe that, bring, that brings out the the – the, the, that guy in Borum. I think that's uh, what Bears fans want to see. Frankly, if I thought the player that was about to come out of your mouth was uh, was going to be Whitehair. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if getting the right kinds of guys around Whitehair could elevate his play. I mean, yeah. look, it's just rare. Unless you're Joe Thomas, and even he played on the very edge of the line, it's really rare, Lester, to be a good offensive lineman on a bad line. Everybody kind of rises and falls as a group as far as what I've seen, that sometimes you'll get the cowards that look like the very obvious weak link, right? But in the world of everybody takes a turn failing, I think there's also some truth to no offensive lineman's perfect. And so you need the guys around you to be good or else every single blown block is going to be a blown up play instead of, I Lester, I lunge on somebody's left shoulder, but my center scoops the block up and just yep. saves the play. I mean, it's football. Stuff happens, right? And so maybe a tackle upgrade – I wouldn't call it an upgrade, but you get the idea. Like a, yeah. a stalwart tackle and a solid center. Again, whether it's Treader or not, the options for poles aren't – It's it's not like we're looking at a whole orchard full of fruit here. But there are options, and I'm really excited about both the signing that they got out of Lucas Patrick, especially given the value. Value is the key word here. He's an impact player, but he's very, very inexpensive for what I would have expected. And then also linebacker Nicholas Morrow. They needed yep. somebody, and they got themselves what seems to be a really solid coverage linebacker for relatively cheap, which, hey – they got to fill roster spots. We could say what we will about the fact that it's another defensive signing, but it's not like they're going to go into the season without another safety either, right? It's just a question of whether it's uh, <laughs> Tyron Matthew, as Evan Massey's potentially reporting. Uh, we'll see. I, th- I think that guy is just blowing smoke. But you talk about you. You know, you mentioned Morrow, and Morrow's a guy with the Raiders. He's played there for four years. He missed last year with a foot injury, uh, but he was fine. He was good to go towards the end of the year. They actually had him designated for return off IR. Uh, had the Raiders done a little more more in the playoffs, they of course got bounced by the Bengals in, in, in the first game. So he of course you know didn't play the whole season. But we're talking about a guy that runs a, a legit four five forty. Uh, he has good speed. He's a physical player. And with with Las Vegas with the Raiders, he played all three linebacker spots in their four three defense. So he can play the Mike. He can play the Will. He can play the Sam. So I think you're getting versatility. He has starting experience. And I'm, I haven't seen the money yet. It hasn't come out yet. But I'm guessing it won't be too ridiculous, 
But I'm also guessing he's being signed and he's going to have a really good, really good chance to be a starter for the Bears. Right. And I mean, hey, I'll say the quiet part out loud, Lester. It's one thing for Ryan Poles to say that he's going to wait until the second, third wave to start signing guys. But plenty of people like me that are that are looking at Justin Fields in fr- behind an offensive line that, again, as of even 6 p.m. today, was slated to have a whole bunch of holes on it and also a guy that a lot of Bears fans want to cut in Cody Whitehair, with Jenkins being really the only lineman that I think people were comfortable with. Signings like this are nice because he's finding those guys in the second, third wave. Is this a playoff makeup? I mean, for crying out loud, Lester, let's not forget, there's a Warren Sharp tweet that I want to mention here that talked about teams' records with with $40-plus million in dead cap. And at the time, they were talking about the Detroit Lions because this was 2021. But in 2020, best team, or they had Carolina with five wins, the Jets with two, Jacks with one. 2019, Miami with five wins, Giants with four wins, Arizona with five. 2018, Buffalo five, Jets or, or Giants five, Arizona three. 2017, Cleveland with zero, and in 2021. The, uh, the Lions, their their end of season memory or like record escapes me, but it won more than four wins in a seventeen game season. My it, point three, three a three win season. Yeah, that sounds about wins. right. Yeah. My point is purely to say, Lester, the odds are against this Bears team for being even a playoff team. I mean, if they do, they will be defying the odds with forty million dollars of dead cap, and will be the first to do so in the last six years, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They, they need to plug these holes on defense, and they need to keep signing some offensive linemen. But overall, I would say this is a pretty good day two. Yeah, it's day two. They actually addressed all three phases because they also brought back long snapper. Yes. Patrick million-dollar man. Which, which is kind of crazy because they signed a long snapper earlier in, in the process. I think it was last month. You know, so so Patrick Scales though he's coming in with some guaranteed cash. So I'm guessing Scales probably has the has the leg up here in the competition. But you know they'll let it play out, and you know it's not to the point where his guarantee is gonna gonna you know make him be a roster lock. If if the other guy I'm looking for his name here, uh, Bo, not Bo Bridges, Bo Brinkley. If Bo Brinkley ends up winning the lock snapper job. You know, so be it. But I think Scales is a guy that, you know, the Bears, uh, the Bears third phase is comfortable with. And right now it's what to do a punter because the report from Brad Biggs in the Tribune was Patrick O'Donnell's likely gone. Mm-hmm. They, they do have another punter. Again, they signed, I think, was Ryan Winslow. But Ryan Winslow is a is a bad punter. He's more of a camp late kind of <laughs> guy. Uh, so so I think they're going to look for a punter. Um what about that? Ain't there like a big, 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 big time leg in the draft? Is that up? punt god? As the, the he's punt known god. Is that in, what it is? Okay. Like hashtag punt god. Yeah, and okay. uh, and who knows where he goes? My guess, Lester, is that the Bears are going to be looking for the next Tressway, right? Yeah. Just a UDFA punter that they can get for super duper cheap. Take every scrap of cap they can and invest it at positions that aren't punter because. Well, you may be seeing plenty of them throughout the NFL season. I would say that the the hackers that are out there, the Rams guy, the the guys that make a difference at the punting spot, right? They're few, they're far between, and they definitely don't matter on a team that doesn't think that they're winning the Super Bowl. Ryan yeah. Pace has time to play this out. I Ryan Poles, you did Poles, it again. Oh, it. Uh <laughs> Ryan P has time to let this thing roll. And so 
I'm curious to see where things go. Obviously, it seems as if, Lester, we've got a certain quarterback from Houston that's holding up maybe more free agency signings than we realize, <laughs> like, by himself. But once the dust settles, I would love to see. Obviously, I don't want to be like, we're done here, free agency over, right? But even just getting one offensive lineman helps soothe my poor soul more than I want to admit, especially given that it's a Green Bay guy with versatility and schematic. Or, or like, let's just say he speaks the same language as Luke Getze and call it that. Because if you got to be able to teach two positions on an offense, what's going on? You got to teach your center, who's going to master all those protection calls, and you got to teach your quarterback, who obviously has to know everything else. So good step forward. This is the veteran center that we want worst case scenario and hey they could even upgrade from here yeah i would expect another pack or two coming over just to kind of help with the terminology you know so let, let's let's talk about real quick before we you know uh before we close up here we got to talk about wide receiver because a couple wideouts went off the board so to speak dj chark went to the lions uh russell gage went to the bucks those were a couple guys that had some, some rumors of going to the bears so at some point they're going to address wide receiver you know, maybe that comes tomorrow. How about a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster? Where, where is he on the Robert Schmidt scale of uh, let let him be a bear? It's complicated, right? Because I actually like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he can play. The problem is, is that I would tell you with a straight face, I think that uh, the Justin Fields fits a rare mold of quarterback, right? He fits this. The the comps are obviously Russell Wilson with a little bit of Deshaun Watson. And what that really means, Lester, is that while Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill or uh, to some degree, Tyrod Taylor is not a great example here so i'm not going to use him but even even patrick mahomes a lot of these guys will get a lot more out of their quick passing game than people realize little things like whether it's in routes slant routes quick out routes option routes they're on time they're on target they're almost never late and they're able to complete those or high percentage throws at a high percentage and get a lot out of them right justin fields russell wilson that's that's not what they do I mean, if you go back, I would I would just love to find the person who can find me the Russell Wilson game where he won it off of short throws, right? Because it's it's not easy to find, and I don't want to count screens because behind the LOS stuff is how the Seahawks have been cheesing out those uh, those short yardage throws from Russell Wilson for quite some time. I'm talking something between ten or like ten yards or less downfield. All this to say, Lester. Juju is a short yardage expert. Juju yeah. is a slot, a big slot that works basically a, a possession role. Think like a hyper Allen Robinson, right? And when he's fed a lot of targets, just like Darnell Mooney, he can put up some huge stats. I like him. I don't love his fit with Justin Fields. One thing I will say, though, Lester, if we could take a look at Jacksonville's roster right now, I I get that Trent Baalke feels like he's throwing a ton of money at skill positions and offensive line so that he can help out his young quarterback. But right now, Lester, I mean, they are not leaving a lot of room for the draft, whatever that looks like. I mean, if they get a great receiver, they're going to have to push one of these expensive free agents yeah. down in the depth order and pretty much inst- immediately give up LaVisca Chenault, who, who cares that I'm not a huge fan of him. They invested a lot in that pick. And they'd be pretty much giving up. If they don't draft Evan Neal, that would be hilarious, the tackle out of Alabama. But yeah. right now they're spending like they've got other plans, 
you know? And so we'll see if they're going to go edge rusher. What I'm trying to say here, why did I bring up the Jags? It's because I actually think that players like DJ Chark or Juju Smith-Schuster can kind of create a we-have-to-play-this-guy problem where they it doesn't open the Bears up to draft some young co- or some young players with talent that can then grow with Justin Fields. And hey, if Juju's a Bear, like I said, I like the guy, you know? I don't know what your opinion is on him, but it won't surprise me, and this is at least what I'm hoping for, if they could focus more of their cap dollars on known goods offensive linemen, they can start to gel ASAP, And because obviously as soon as you sign with the team, you can start communicating with the staff a little bit, and then they work with the wide receivers later and see what they can get in a really, really good wide receiver draft class. Yeah, I, I like Juju. I think he... Uh... Uh, his skill set, he kind of reminds me more of a, more of, of what a tight end would kind of give the offense. He, mm-hmm. he would kind of bring the same kind of impact that a that, that a Trey Burton type did for the Bears a few years back. He kind of right. brings that, that that stuff over the middle stuff. And you know what? That is not right now, like you said, Justin Fields' game, but it is a big part of of the Luke Getzky, Kyle Shanahan offense. So I'm sure that's coming over with him. So if having a guy that too, he I is mean, a great blocker. He's a very physical player. When you're using Help these the Shanahan-esque yeah. schemes, now people have called anything Shanahan schemes. They've called Steve Sarkeesian-like schemes Shanahan, and those to me couldn't be any different than like what he ran at Alabama. But if it's even remotely Jim Moore or yeah Morehead or Moorhead, yeah. Shanahan, you're gonna need wide receivers that can block. You need wide receivers that can block in any scheme. The Bears have not had them, and so if Juju is your option, I I love your comparison that he's very similar to a tight end. He kind of is, and so maybe that's not Justin Fields' natural piece of the game. But again, a good player on the Bears is a boon when the other option is Nasimba Webster, right? Nasimba Webster, yeah. And and as far as like you know a, a name receiver. I like Juju more than I like uh, Valdez Scantling. I'm just, I just, I, I still see Valdez Scantling coming in really high, but, but again, whoever the Bears do sign, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade over what they had. You got to have a couple guys in here. Whether it's a Rob coming back, who again he's still in the market. We'll see what happens. But they got to get some guys in here, and it's coming. So, so what's your prediction? First big signing for the Bears this next, uh, the next day or two. Um, well, you're not gonna like it, Uh-oh. but. I've You're going com- back to defense, aren't you? No, I've completely oh, okay, okay. talked myself into Valdez Scantling. Like, yeah. not even the, again, not even do I love him. You mentioned more Packers. They've got two receivers that aren't practice squatters. It makes so much yeah. sense to me that it's almost just a matter of health at this point. I, I don't know. I'm a guy sitting on the internet. Right. But if they were in on Valdez Scantling and waiting for other chips to fall, I would just be completely unsurprised at this stage. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, the way I look at Valdez Scantling, I see kind of see his skill set. He's a little bigger version of a former Bear Bernard Berrien. He has that, that deep speed. He wants flyer. to go deep. He's a flyer. That's what he wants. To do. He, he wants to run those, 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 those deep fly routes. And at his size, He's got to catch the ball, but at his size, he's a big target for Justin Fields. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I think that's just a no-brainer thing coming. He'll know the offense. He'll know the scheme. He'll know the terminology. You know, he's one more guy in in, 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 the, in the in the wideout room that can help teach those guys what's going on here. So, he makes the most sense. I was hoping for Alan Lazard, but he got right. a second-round ten, uh, uh, 
RFA tender today, so he's and he's not worth pretty a much. Round pick. He's not worth a second round pick. So so it looks like it's going to be MVS. That's my guess. Uh, they still got to address corner. They still got to address more linebackers. There's a lot of holes to plug here. I mean, the Bears oh, don't sure. have uh, a lot of guys in a roster. And real quick about the Bears roster is, what does it say about the Bears roster? The only guy that was really signed away so far is James Daniels. Everyone else that's a free agent on that Bears roster, the Ryan Pace guys, they're all still sitting there looking 30, for jobs. 30 free agents. So, <laughs> I don't like, know. That roster may not have been as good as some of us have thought it was if these guys can't find jobs. Right. I mean so. – the bright side here, Lester, is that as much as I would love to get the whole offensive line shored up so that they could draft two receivers, there first of all, a lot of people won't think that way, that that would be way too aggressive for some. So I completely understand that. But signing a Scantling, as uninspiring as it is, because Lester, I'm not going to pretend that I'm over the moon to let I, – I love Justin Fields, but it is hard – to take him away for, or to take any receiver away from Aaron Rodgers and be like, but my quarterback's going to make him better. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just about as good as it gets. That said, Lester, the bright side is, is that if the Bears went into a, uh, if they went into 2022 with pick number 39, say it's a true X receiver like George Pickens, somebody like that, right? And they added Darnell Mooney, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and our favorite potato chip, Byron Pringle. It's, not the worst wide receiver room in the league. Maybe it's not the greatest either, but that would theoretically let you use pick 48 to either trade back or add some real talent at the offensive line. And so now you've got, because I keep thinking about this, Lester, I can't help but think that with a young GM in Ryan Poles and a young G or GM assistant in Ian Cunningham, both with an offensive lineman background, the more it gnaws at me that I would just be surprised for them to not want to draft one of these guys. Like yeah. somewhere in those top four rounds, right? You have to figure O lines coming. You got to figure wide receivers coming. The nice thing about free agency, it's going to set the Bears up for the drafts. Where, right. well, yes, they're going to want to get an O lineman and a, and a wideout. But you know, if they address enough needs, if they do it right way, now they got enough options where they don't have to. I'm not going to say reach because I can't see them actually reaching for a guy, but they can let the board come to them. They can move back if they want to. Uh, Ryan Poles talked about his trade back philosophy and it makes so much sense. It's, it's like night and day what happened with the, with the last Ryan right. piece. So it's good to hear that he's actually has that in his mind and we have to see it play out on draft day, but for agency, let's, uh, let's, let's put a bow on day two. Do you, do you have any more thoughts? It's a really good wide receiver and also offensive tackle class in the draft. So like you're saying, if they want to set the board up to fall to them at those two positions, don't get me wrong, it's a little risky, but you could probably pull it off with top 50 picks. I am just curious to see what happens next. Is the linebacker money more than we expected? Who knows? Are they going to add more at line or at offensive line? I sure expect them to, but... They need to do it, right? I, I don't want Lester to get caught playing the game of if Poles does blank and also blank, then I'm stoked because he hasn't done them yet. But he's got plenty of time. Right now, I am content to just wait and see, right? Yeah. For my final thoughts, I'm actually going to do some breaking news here. It just came over, over Twitter. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns are signing Pro Bowl, former Bear, Shaquem Grant to a three-year deal worth $13.8 million. That's a lot of change for a guy that's pretty much a, a, a third-phase specialist, doesn't do a lot for your offense. So I'm okay with him going. And then the yeah. Bears will just go somewhere else with that. So uh, that's it. Let's get out of here. It's, uh, it's, it's pushing midnight here. 
we'll get this up on the site as, as soon as possible. Absolutely. Good? Hey, good luck to you, Jakeem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the draft pick. Whatever. That's it. So that is it. Uh, follow Robert at Robert K. Schmitz <laughs> on Twitter. Follow me at Wiltfong Jr. And until next time, bear down, my friends. <laughs>